Are we live? No. <laughs> I think I'm alive. Are you alive? <laughs> as alive as I can be. <laughs> Welcome back. What a laugh. <laughs> So we're just uh, finishing getting situated with the sound checks and all that good stuff before we get started here. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> it's your ignorance. It's your child at play. Those are two different things, or is it? No. Nope. <laughs> ignorant it's, child at play? Yeah. There you go. See, question and answer is where we have fun. <laughs> That's true. At least I do. <laughs> so one thing I do want to share before we get started, um, <coughs> I like to say this is a time to really ask and be vulnerable, and, and it's true. There really are no stupid questions. But I want to warn you, there are definitely stupid answers. <laughs> <laughs> and he's proving it right now. <laughs> I like that one. I had to repeat it. I said that yesterday, and it's still funny. <laughs> oh, boy, here we go. So be warned, I'll probably give a stupid answer first, and and, and then um, Jim will give you a straight one. <laughs> I will too, don't worry. I don't want to scare off anybody if you're new and this is your first time. <laughs> well, maybe the stupid answer is just what they need. <laughs> <laughs> to realize how smart everybody is, right? Yeah, they go, I'm smarter than that. <laughs> So just so you all know, Kelsey's just um, handling still the, with the technology in a moment when everything's checking out and everything's good because um, she has to work with Tanya and Abe in another location. And so we're all, they're all working together to make sure everything's broadcasting and hopefully running smoothly with the video and audio feed. And when everything's good to go, then we'll go ahead and get into it. So mm-hmm. I just got a thumbs up. So that, that's good because if it were like this... <laughs> That wouldn't be good. <laughs> maybe no, the, no, I didn't take any drugs on the break. <laughs> maybe that, maybe that would be good. <laughs> this is what I do to entertain myself to get you know ready for Q and A. I don't know why this happens pretty regularly, doesn't it? It does. Or at least the last two days it did to this degree. <laughs> Everybody ready? Already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we've got quite a few questions from uh, <coughs> many of you have written in uh, by email. So you're still welcome to write. And even as we're uh, moving into this, because we have a couple hours, and um, we'll see what we can See what we can do. Depends on how long we uh, answer each question. 
Unless we do the yes, no type of thing. <laughs> I know I'm wasting time, aren't I? Yes, you are. <laughs> Dear Jim and Brian, I am from Indonesia. From May 2020 until today, my family, my wife, and my two sons, we meditate together wow, nice. every, every 7 o'clock p.m. Usually we meditate for about 45 to 60 minutes. I did this with the aim of guiding them in meditating and practicing LAF. After group meditation, I asked them to meditate privately before going to sleep. My question is, do you agree with this meditation pattern for my family? I ask for your guidance from both of you. Much love. Nice. Wow. And I would say yes, yes. definitely. Yeah. That really is a way to have all the family moving together, growing together, and you're assisting all your family members in entering into themselves and finding out who they really are and their truth. So th that's a great way to do it, is to do it as a family. And I wish more people could do that and would do that because that really is where a lot of change in the world can take place is when groups of people whether it be a family or a club or whatever, begin to meditate together and wake up together. It's it's quite dynamic then. I Yeah, I mean, all I can do is say good things about it. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't really have any reservations. I guess I would just say do be aware. I don't know how old your children are, but obviously sometimes teenagers may rebel against something like that. <laughs> So, I mean, that's obviously to be expected if if a child doesn't want to do this. And, you know, I this is where to me, um, you as a person and you as a parent, this is where you make your choices to learn um, with how you conduct and work with your family. So there's no right or wrong in any of it. It's To me, it's all an experiment. Obviously, doing this can create a lot of good for any family and you know, if somebody in the family doesn't really want to do it and resist to the point of causing a lot of disturbance, then sometimes making somebody do something isn't necessarily the best thing to do. Um, but I, I, I'm hesitant to say things like that because I also know any of us can have a little resistance. Just in ourselves, wanting to do the meditation ourselves, we can resist doing the meditation. So a little bit of discipline can go a long way in a lot of good ways. So mm -hmm. I don't want to confuse well, um, discipline with making somebody do something because yeah. discipline can be good to help. Go uh, ahead. And he has a 16, 17-year-old son that oh. is written already for initiation. Oh, wonderful. Well, that's, so. well, that's good to hear because then that's, a, that's definitely then uh, choosing into and stuff. But not, not just for this person, though, that you're writing in. I'm saying some of this other because I know sometimes because um, we have a lot of people, you know, watching and listening because I know some people will take the information we share and then try to do that maybe in their own family. And, it, and it's worth trying. It's a wonderful thing. And it may be different, though, for different families. Yeah. So I'm kind of answering this other part I'm giving doesn't necessarily apply to the person who wrote this. Just so you know, um, the you who wrote this know that. You obviously have a different circumstance. That's quite wonderful. But somebody else, if you're trying to implement it in your family, that's a great thing. Um, I know people who've done that before, and 
boy, they say their family always gets along better and they have the most wonderful conversations and then they let it lapse and don't do it and then family stuff breaks down and there's all disturbances and then they start it up again and it works better. I've seen this before in families and it's quite wonderful and it's always the best when you get people wanting to participate rather than, you know, not wanting to do it. So, but that's part of the learning too. Yeah. So... I just want to make sure people understand there's no right or wrong because we're not into telling people what you should do or shouldn't do. It's all, you know, trying things out and find what really works for you. We know people who really work this, you're going you're gonna to get the benefit. It, in my experience, it always turns out good. 100% of the time when I really do it, it always gets good results. But, you know, that's part of the learning process is really working it. Okay, Jim and Brian, can you interpret a dream for me? Possibly. <laughs> I was at a table with others and John Roger came in. In the dream, I knew he was a special person but didn't recognize him. I think I thought he was Jim in the dream. J.R. wasn't interested in the others. He said he had come to see me, his friend. He sat next to me and stayed for a while. Then he had to leave. I had cooked a dish and gave him some slices to take with him. I remember stressing out about the fact it wasn't cooked, but when I looked at it again, I saw the consistency had to do with the nature of the dish. I think it was a type of bread with fish in it, and I had worried that the fish made maybe soggy. He left with the food, and I'm unclear what happened after that. I don't know when I realized it was J.R., maybe in the process of waking up. Also, for some reason, I was aware of his pudgy white hands. <laughs> well, you have to realize that the Holy Spirit will come in and manifest however it will best serve you in the time. Uh, that, that's through the radiant form. So it could look like myself or Brian or John Roger or Jesus or whoever. And so that really is the essence of the Holy Spirit coming in to present something to you, to let you know that there, that it's there for you and serving you and walking with you in all that you're doing. And so that's a very good sign that you are aligning to the Holy Spirit and really discovering the friend that the Holy Spirit is for you and that it is really there for you. And the food, to me, represents the nurturing of spirit that we take in, we do the meditation and we take in that spiritual food just as it is in the Lord's Prayer. It says, give me my daily bread. Well, the daily bread really is about the spiritual food, not the physical food. And so it's about going inside and receiving that manna from heaven, so to speak. And that's what we do receive in meditation. It nurtures us, it feeds us. And that sharing of the food with John Roger or the Holy Spirit is showing you that that's a sharing in this nurturing process in spirit. And maybe it was just a little soggy because he dipped it into communion wine before <laughs> I'm so sacrilegious, and I'm not sorry. 
<laughs> you laughed. That was funny, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> you know, stupidity is funny. <laughs> I can't even talk. I will say, I know Jim said to bread, but I noticed he is bread and fish, which yeah. goes back to fish that is in loaves. I mean, it's the same thing Jim That's said. True. I mean, yeah. It's absolutely wonderful. Maybe the fish was fresh out of the water, so <laughs> I can't help myself, really. <laughs> That's the problem. He really can't help himself, <laughs> and we can't help him either. <laughs> if you really want to know the truth, why well, I get so silly, because when we do this work spiritually, it is a very joyful process, and in that process there's a lot of freedom and then when there's freedom i tend to laugh and get silly <laughs> that's true so i don't have anything to add really i mean literally jim that's really is awesome so yeah hopefully that experience. made a lot of sense yeah okay wow in meditation this morning i am seeing myself like in a movie Running barefoot in my underwear, being chased by a gorilla. <laughs> See, even you're laughing now. <laughs> Good dream. <laughs> my hair is down and blowing out behind me. I'm behind me. I'm running so fast. We cross a sandy area. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, still got the image in my head. <laughs> and the going is slower. <laughs> <laughs> then it changes to jungle with all the plants being m monstera, oh Lord, <laughs> philodendrons. <laughs> uh, we run up, we run some more. Up ahead, I see a single tree and I run up to the, gor and the gorilla runs up after me. The scene changes to a snapshot of both of us eating fruit sitting in the tree together. I believe this is the fruit of the work I've done since yesterday on forgiveness. I still have some action steps to take in the world, but my fear chasing me now is my friend. And the monster plants do not hurt me or touch me. I go right past them. So deep gratitude for the process and sharings from you this weekend. Marvelous. Your student. That's a good interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good interpretation. Yep. And now you've got a living proof for yourself of just how easy it is to move your life in a different direction and make change and have the gorilla become your friend and not something that you're fearful of and running away from. So that's that's a great example, a great moment in your life moving forward. You know, and, and I want to say, I mean, that's a really good symbol, a gorilla, because a lot of our fears take on a very large um, animal or humanistic form often. And that's where we'll face a lot of our fight or flight, you know, syndrome inside of us. We all have with the polarities in that way. And I've had, I mean, we've probably all had so many experiences where we're running from some kind of a monster of some sort that we're afraid of getting hurt by. And eventually, we literally have to face it. And in doing that, making friends like that. I mean, gosh, most of the dreams, they go on and on like the gorilla chasing you like that type of thing over and over, often for years. But there's a day we finally literally sit down like that and 
and make friends with their fear. Mm -hmm. So that day has arrived um, for you. So that's literally fantastic. Now, it's up to you, and I won't even worry about it as far as, well, what is the fear the gorilla symbolizes? What does it mean I'm running around in my underwear? You know, sometimes that stuff really doesn't matter. And you may very well know what it represents for you, probably because of the work you've been doing, um, journaling, and even LAF questions and exercises. Often, when we do those exercises, that will give the details of what's going on in our life. And so just know that whatever you've been working on lately, more than likely you already have that understanding. Because I know often people say, well, what does the gorilla represent? What does it mean when I'm running around in my underwear? What does it mean with this or that? It, <clears throat> part of this, I could give you examples, but really what we want people to do is to look at the work. And I'm only saying this for this person because I know they've been doing the work and they said they were doing the retreat and the forgiveness. So they've done a process like the exercise Kelsey did Friday afternoon so that you look at what that is you've been working with. That'll tell you what those represent, so you'll know for yourself. And you can put, you know, two and two together to see what that answer is. You don't really even need to ask Jim and I. I would only say ask us if you really, when somebody asks us, it's because they're still working through the process. You more than likely know what it is because you've made friends with this now. And I'm saying this now because I want you who wrote this to really acknowledge and claim that because it's a wonderful thing you just had. Ha That's a big one. I mean, I, my monster was a, some big Brutus guy that it was, for years I would be fight or flight. I'd either run from or turn and try to kill before he killed me type of thing. And one day I finally faced him in neutrality without any of the fight or flight, and it just literally changed. And it's been different ever since. And that's true in all of us. There's something, that boogeyman, that monster that we're all scared of and run from. And thank you for sharing that so we all have an example to pay attention in our dreams. But again, I also want to acknowledge what this person wrote in the work that they're doing. They work in the LAF, doing the meditation. You do that, this is the result of doing that. Eventually, you'll make friends with your fears. You'll... Um, dissolve them, you'll transform them and transcend them, all of it. So, thank you. Great example. I have been seeing the golden light within and flowing with the purple light for some time now. Today, the golden light was much more vibrant. It was more pronounced as a bigger yellow like the purple was in the background and the gold was leading. I would love an explanation. Thank you. Well, it's really saying that, see, the purple light is really the Holy Spirit. In the truest sense, it's pure white light, but that's in the realm of spirit. As that comes into this creation of time and space and it hits the surface of the water or the reflector, it's just like a prism. It'll start with purple or violet as the highest frequency and then break down to blue to green and you know, so on down the spectrum. So that purple light is the highest frequency of the Holy Spirit as it's into the material world here. And so when we see that in meditation, that's us now recognizing the Holy Spirit and that Holy Spirit is working with us to transform, to detach us, to lift us, to transform us 
in all the karmic attachments that we've held ourselves into this creation with that have created our bondage here. So that Holy Spirit of the Purple Light works with us, the soul, for our liberation. So to me, that says that you, the soul, the ball of light, the golden light that was now more pronounced here, and then the Holy Spirit in the background is showing you that the work you've been doing with the Holy Spirit now is truly freeing your soul, that you now are really being aware of your soul essence of who you are. That's what soul awakening is. That's exactly what we're doing here because we're not going to see that until we've been doing the work and liberating the soul to really begin to know ourselves and see our own inner light. So that is literally seeing your own soul essence. And that's also another wonderful thing to claim that the work you've been doing and through the Holy Spirit, that's liberating your soul. Otherwise, those things don't happen. They don't come forward and you don't see them otherwise. Mm -hmm. So quite wonderful. And I agree. I don't have much else to add to that. Okay, this is a long one. Dear Jim and Brian, thank you so much for your loving support. It means so much to me to have you and the path in my life. Most days I do two and a half hours of meditation, but it is usually spread out through, through the day where I do an hour in the morning and I do more in the afternoon and evening. This morning I woke up early and did two hours and had a vivid experience. I started with a guided meditation to lead me into it. At the end of it, I saw a bright flame about three feet above my head. In the experience, my friend Grace, who I had taken to the LAF retreat, was cleaning out my closet next to my meditation chair. She told me she was putting together an exhibit on fish and flying. I wasn't sure that I could be part of the exhibit because the other artists were black and brown and I wasn't. As well as being in my meditation room, we were on the Big Island. There was a lava path with a shrine on it. It was beautiful and Grace told me she walked the path every day. I told her I would see her after I walked the path. Later in the experience, I saw a cartoon poster of my boyfriend where he had drawn, where he was drawn like a cone head. I heard the head has exploded from so much emotion. I find that I'm doing the forgiveness meditation daily or even more times than one day in the past month that I haven't that I have been in this relationship I haven't done that meditation before it's been years since I have been in a relationship realize that I never cleared the karma from relationships in the past I just gave up shoved the door shut and duct taped it closed and now all that shit is coming up and out as I find myself triggered or disturbed or go into reaction I go back into the past and forgive those experiences Brian's talk about giving power away really spoke to me because I'm consciously trying to be in a relationship without giving my power away for the first time I would say that the life makeover has happened for me and was brought on by the pandemic before this happened I was pushing myself so hard and relentlessly I might have been headed for a heart attack. 
There was a pressure in my heart chakra I don't feel anymore. Everything has slowed down. The weight has fallen off. And I have the time for a relationship and to clear the karma of past relationships. Thank you so much for giving me the tools to live a more joyful life. I really appreciate this time for my soul and the loving it brings into my life. Much loving. That's, that's really nice. That's going to say. That's more a real sharing than <laughs> yeah. a question because you're sharing your truth. You're sharing your experience. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like there's a lot of growth and awakening mm -hmm. taking place. And that's just wonderful. That's what this pathway is about. And I'll I'll answer one little part in there. Could you go back and just read that part on the uh the the art work or something? She wasn't sure she could display I wasn't sure that I could be a part of the exhibit because the other artists were black and brown and I wasn't. Yeah. Um that saying I think there was something else before that. She told me she was putting together an exhibit on fish and flying. <coughs> that's right. Thank you. That's I wanna put those two together. Um, and specifically, that's why I'm picking that out of all that, is because that to me right there says the symbology of a lot of what's going on is that, one, you're not sure you can be part of the um, display because the black and the brown, those are frequencies of the world, just like dirt, the earth. So you're not part of that anymore. As a disciple walking this pathway, you're one who's rising above all that into the spiritual frequency. And the other very strong symbology that demonstrates that is the fish and flying. Fish, you've heard the phrase Jesus uh, saying to his apostles, let us be fishers of men. Well, the fish represents a soul that is in this physical creation because it's in water. So it's just swimming in water. Once the soul begins to rise to the higher places and starts to lift out of the water, it then takes on wings and becomes a bird. And so that is very symbolic then about the spiritual journey of the soul moving from being a fish or part of the physical creation and the brown and the uh, dark mm -hmm. and moving on up higher and higher until literally you rise above it and then begin to fly. Even if you're not into the soul realm yet, as we are beginning to move up, we can take on different uh, shapes or forms of birds as we get into the higher planes to start flying that'll now bring us even into the soul realm and the realms of spirit. So just right there and that alone tells me really a lot of what's going on. And that's the inner spiritual symbology. And what you just described with your karmas like in relationship says that's where your lessons are, but hopefully you realize in your lessons there as you work them, that's where you are now transforming from the fish to uh, the bird flying. Was there a bird or fish no, to flying? Flying and fish. That's right. So the flying is just letting you know moving to the, the freedom that comes, even yeah. if it wasn't a bird. And it is just, it's still about flight. So the symbolism just about flight is about freedom. No matter which realm you're on, if you can fly, you're starting to get free of the karmic pull that's like gravity that holds us into that frequency. So that says a lot right there. So keep keep doing the process because those dreams represent that. You're getting free. 
you know, and are able to take flight through all that. And that's good because we don't want to avoid our karmas. We want to embrace our karmas with loving, accepting, and forgiving. And in so doing is how we do take flight. So thank you for that sharing. That's really nice. During meditation at this Sunday's meeting, I saw a long stream of different faces in the moving purple light, so beautiful, gentle, and sweet. It popped in that I was seeing the faces of God. Were those the faces of souls or really different aspects of God or both? What does that mean? Most of the time, when you see the faces like that in the, in the purple stream, those are often the faces of the spiritual teachers. You could call them faces of God, but more than likely is the, and I say that because the spiritual teacher is one with God. So you see the face of a spiritual teacher, it's like seeing the face of God because it's of the same essence. But the way you described it in that stream like that, usually you're seeing the lineage of the spiritual teachers because that purple stream of light is the river of loving. That is the one essence of God moving as a river throughout all of the different levels and through creation. So if you see many faces in that river, that to me is saying you're seeing the spiritual teachers that are part of that river of loving. And it is those teachers, just like what we're doing here, that give initiation and work with the souls to bring them home. But you're also seeing the truth of what really brings the soul home. It's the river of loving. But that river of loving works through a spiritual teacher. So you will see the form of the spiritual teacher. But now you know there's many. But it's one river, regardless of what form it's moving through. And it moves through many of them. But it's one river. So every spiritual teacher is doing exactly the same thing. And that is assisting the soul on its journey home to God through that river of loving. If you understand that, you'll understand why we say the real spiritual teacher is the Holy Spirit, not me, not Jim, not any spiritual teacher. They're just a form through which the Holy Spirit, the true spiritual teacher, works to do that job of soul liberation. That's a really good visual, and that's actually very, no. very good. And very true. <laughs> very true. Very true. Anything more to add to that? No, that was well put. <laughs> also, I saw a young black lady yelling at me and my daughter with such huge anger. I saw that she thought that was her power. My daughter wanted to yell back, but I touched her hand to wait. I reached out to the lady, putting my hand gently on her face and said, I know you've been hurt. I cannot change that, but I can sit with you and help you heal it. She looked shocked and then broke down crying, and I held her thinking, loving is the true power. That's right. And that's what the Holy Spirit does, which is loving, is that as we really move more fully into it, it empowers us through that loving, and that loving is what will transform everything inside of us as well as others. And to me, um, that represents inside of yourself the inner child and different aspects of that inner child. The, the one that's been really hurt, like the black one that was yelling in anger, that's the pain that you acknowledge that's inside of yourself. And then the other one you're saying to be quiet 
is letting you realize not to suppress, but rather to let it express so that it can heal. Even though at first it may come out as anger, really, that's a wonderful acknowledgement to acknowledge the hurt in there and realize it's that that needs to be dealt with to heal it. And it is only loving that can truly heal it. And so you've begun now the real healing in this journey by really extending that hand of loving now to that aspect of self. That's it. That it really is a statement that you're living the pathway <coughs> and you're beginning to realize to approach things in loving rather than in reaction. That's an action that you took, not a reaction, and that's a big difference. Pretty awesome. And that's something to be said for the me, myself, and I, the, the three selves mm -hmm. inside of us that myself part of the conscious self is the part of us that literally makes the choices. And so through our conscious self making the choice to love and heal and not react to the inner child is now where the healing can begin. Because the conscious self can choose to live in that uh, physical, imaginational, and emotional self that the inner child represents or not. And most of us will just live accordingly in reaction that the inner child is doing. But when we start to consciously make the choices to love, to accept, to forgive, to heal all those things within us on that physical, astral, causal, emotional level, that's where real transformation really can start. And as we heal that, then the greater action of loving can come through all the levels, the me, myself, and the I. The I is waiting and really the soul working through all that, but that component of the me is really where most of our, I'll say pains, not just karmas, but most of our pains and karmas are stored is in that place. And so that's why on that conscious self level, we have to freely choose loving. And as we do, it opens the doors so that we can begin to heal all those things. And that's also another way of saying a soul liberation, because as we can heal a lot of those pains of the past then there's nothing really holding us back anymore so that loving can move freely and then we can really now rise up out of all of this creation it's nice nice experiences <laughs> yeah. I like where we started because it's all through the Holy Spirit that's mm. a good example we've got to get empowered somewhere that comes through the Holy Spirit even as the soul, we have ourselves, even as the soul, it's got to come from the Holy Spirit through God's loving. Perfect for the next question. Hi, Jim and Brian. I've never really understood who or what the Holy Spirit is. Can you explain or elaborate on this? Much appreciated. Thank you. Oh, good. A yes or no question. Yes, we can explain and elaborate. <laughs> I just did <laughs> in the previous question. The Holy Spirit is that part of God that is the creator of, of things. When God spoke, it's that Holy Spirit aspect of God that created. The Holy Spirit creates the soul, and then the Holy Spirit goes with the soul wherever it goes into all of its experiences. It's ever present with it. 
we aren't aware of it because we're caught up in the experiences. We're looking down and out rather than inward and upward where we can see the Holy Spirit present. And at the initiation, then the teacher anchors the Holy Spirit into you. So now it's living in you. It's not just with you. And at that point, then, that allows the Holy Spirit to really truly begin to bring us home, to lift us up and to bring us home. And it does all it can to keep our attention inward and upward. And so what you're describing there is exactly, not not what you're describing, what you're asking is about how does the Holy Spirit work, what is it? It's that that created your soul, and it's that that brings you home. Ding, ding, ding. That's correct. (laughs) It's beautiful. I had this dream back in early April. This dream took place in Michigan. The west side of Michigan borders on Lake Michigan, and there are very high and steep sand dunes running down to the lake shore all along the western side of Michigan. The dream starts out on the top of the sand dune. I was in the car and my husband, who has been dead for many years, was in the driver's seat and I was the passenger. My husband never spoke in the whole dream. It was winter and there was a dust there was a dusting of snow on the grass. We were in a parking area at the top of the dunes and off to the right was just the curve of the top of the dunes and then just sky. I said to my husband, I think the road is to the right and the car violently jerked to the right. We bumped over the curb and went right down the steep dunes, bumping and bumping all the way down to the bottom. We should have landed with the car front in the with the car front in the lake but we didn't the rear of the car was in the lake and the front of the car was on the sandy beach facing the base of the dunes Mm. there were some waves splashing around the car the next part of the dream i do not remember well but somehow i had a baby next i remember i called 911 for help and told her our car was at the bottom of the dunes and was there a tow truck with a cable long enough to pull us up the dunes? She laughed and said she wasn't sure she heard me correctly. She asked me to repeat what I had said. I explained again where our car was and did they have a tow truck with a cable long enough to pull us out of the dunes? The dream ended. I appreciate your help in explaining this. I am so honored and grateful to have you both in my life, and I thank you for all that you do for me. So much love to you both. To me, that would uh, represent that the karmas you had with your husband um, are really coming to a completion. And one, not just because he's dead, but because, listen, our karmic lessons with people have nothing to do with the life of the physical body. And so whatever that is, you've still been learning inside of yourself since his passing. To me, this also represents where you've given your power away to him because if he was driving the car, that represents to me that you've really allowed him to now, in a sense, uh, take control. And now in this experience, with that, bumping coming in and being stuck 
to me that's the beginning of now him not having the control in your consciousness and where you now are going to start to take your power back and the fact that you had a baby in there to me that's saying now the birth of the soul the child of god the christ child now is going to come forward and that's what happens we have to complete our karmas in this world and as we complete those karmas the born again the child within us can now come forward so to me that's saying with the birth of that child is that the karmas you were carrying where you gave your power away to your husband, now you're taking back so that the soul can be free of all of that. And then asking for the help to pull the car out and a long tow cord. Well, have you heard the stories Jim's talked about? God throws us the rope and we have to take the rope. To me, that's you asking now for God to pull you out. That's exactly how this pathway works. And that's it. We have to ask and then God will respond. But we first have to do the work to empower ourselves. So to me, that whole dream is you now completing where you've given your power away. And so now the child coming forward can be lifted up by God back into the soul realm. And even even the dunes and the lake, the lake to me represents the lake of reflection, this creation. So it tells me you're at the top of the creation here and ready to be lifted up now. Yeah, very much. And that whatever that was karmically with your uh, husband is now completed because that, that was at the bottom by the water, which is where the karmas are. So And you're rising out of it. So that's good. Excellent. These are good. Uh, this is where it's nice to hear dreams and inner experiences so that we can share about the symbolism and really what, how that applies to the journey of the soul. It's pretty nice. I recently re-listened to Jim's story of seeking a teacher in India. I believe the story goes that he asked a master of Sat Mat for the name of God and the master said, I would give it to you if I could, but I'm not your teacher. He was told that he would find his teacher elsewhere. I ask about this because I often find myself sharing the path of ILM with relative strangers are there seekers who come to ILM who are redirected to another sound and light teacher in this way there has been yes very rarely but they ha there has been because you know we have to find that place where God is going to be able to pull us home through the teacher God will share the Holy Spirit will share and we have to find that teacher if we can. But it can be any teacher of the path of sound and light and truth because the Holy Spirit is the same everywhere. And so the Holy Spirit is teaching through each teacher the same truth, but in different ways. And so we have to find that way that we can relate to the best. And that's why we're drawn to one teacher and not, and not the others. And so somebody might be drawn here for the truth and what we present, but ultimately they may be drawn elsewhere. We've had people that have been drawn here then gone to Saint-Mont, and we've had people from Saint-Mont come here. So it's, it's very, very wonderfully fluid in how that can move. 
And part of that was Jim's past. When he wasn't doing initiations, he would guide them right. to another pathway. So if that's part of the question, that's no longer the case now. That was in the past before having the keys of initiation here, but now that we hold the keys here, there's no more need to uh, direct people to a different pathway. Right. Other than, again, like what Jim just shared, you know, in their own, in their own journey of exploration. First of all, I would love to thank Brian and Jim a lot to give us this opportunity. I love you guys. I always ask myself, what's my purpose in life and why am I here since I was a kid? And I am so happy to find you guys through a friend. My question is, lately, spiritually and physically, I am so moody, up and down, and I also realized I'm fine with the sun and the plants in my yard. But as the sun goes down, I start to get this anxious and uncomfortable situation which bothers me a lot. I feel insecure and lost and depressed, and I feel so alone. P.S. I am originally from Turkey and grew up there, and I'm away from my family such a long time. Do you think partially that's why? Why do you think this happens to me? Thank you for today. All the best. One, I would say that during the day when the sun's out and everything's going on in the world, it's easier to be distracted and to be caught up in things and to be able to go out and, and do in the world. But when at night, when the sun sets and everybody goes to their own homes and everything is quiet, now we have to face ourselves. And that's where the disturbance can happen because there's a lot of things inside of us we may not like to see or memories of the past or childhood or whatever that we just don't want to have to face. But it's all kind of come up at the night because there's no distractions the way there are in the daylight. But what I would say is this, spend time meditating at night. Really spend time meditating. Do a couple of hours a night in meditation and see if this can't be transformed quickly and easily just by focusing on the truth inside of yourself and for, do the loving, accepting, and forgiving with yourself and see if that can't begin to release. And when you do the loving, accepting, forgiving, do that with other family members and other people in your lives that might rise up in your meditation that you can just forgive and let go. Anything else? No, I, I like that because... I know you're wondering if it's missing family and all that, but I mean, yeah, that that can be true for the physical and emotional nature, no question. Just like if you go back to what I was sharing in the beginning of my talk today, I talked about my journey looking for that spiritual family, that place where I felt connected and bonded. Well, the animal nature looks to family for that. But what is that? It's a reflection of the soul knowing its family with God. So instead of following that response into the world of trying to connect physically, we want to do what Jim said to go inside of meditation so that we really connect with our real family, which is God and spirit. But a lot of people not understanding that will go do the physical. This is your opportunity and everybody's opportunity to now take that instead of responding physically to now respond spiritually 
And the only way to do that is through meditation because there's nowhere physically to bring your body. You don't need to take your body to a church, to a house, to a place of nature, anything. It doesn't matter where your body's at. It's about your soul. And the only way to get your soul home back to its true spiritual family is through meditation. So that's always the key. And that's a good question so that you don't misinterpret it and make it about family or physicality because that's not what it's really about. That's just an outer reflection of truly the soul's longing of wanting to be home with God. We all feel alone here. Even in our families, we'll feel alone because the soul knows it's separate from God here in this world. So it doesn't even matter how close you are in your family physically, you will always still feel a sense of longing that you're not in the right place because the soul knows that its only rightful place is in the spiritual realms back in that oneness with God. So respond to that the way it is meant to be responded to spiritually by doing the meditation so that you truly as a soul will now go home and be reconnected or reunited once again truly with the spiritual family in spirit. Not even a spiritual family physically, like a group of island members. That's nice, but this isn't about the outer. This is about you, the soul, going home to God. The real spiritual family is in spirit, not in the physical world. And on our website, there's a lot of guided meditations you can listen to to kind of bring you into center and bring you into that place of meditation. And we have the NIHU uh, tape as well that you can listen to. And I love that. I listen to it because it just brings me to that place of quiet and center inside very quickly. So you, there's some things on our website that can really support you in this process. That's a good plug. <laughs> Yeah, we're always promoting our website. Really, we're trying to because I wish everybody would use it fully. I mean, we have got so much on there. It's there to serve you. Use it. Please, we're begging. And if you if you will want to do it only because you have to pay for it, then it makes it worthwhile, then send us some money. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we don't charge, but if you want to donate, go right ahead. Yeah. So I had a lady who actually said that. that she yeah, said, well, it doesn't seem like it has value if we don't have to pay for it. Well, they said, pay so a lot. What would you, yeah, I said, what would you value it at? And she said, well, maybe $20, $30. I said, well, send it in as a donation, and now you'll have the sense of value there. There you go. I don't know if she did that, but... <laughs> Hi, Jim, Brian, and Kelsey. I was struck by a part of Jim's sharing and a part of Brian's sharing that came together for me in an interesting way. Jim shared about the light we have in us, which is the soul that babies can see. Brian shared about how much do I trust myself, and that disturbance comes from trusting outer elements more than myself. Then within me, I heard inside at that moment, trust my inner light self over the mind. So trust my inner light self over the mind, emotions, body, unconscious, world, etc. Mm -hmm. 
In that instant, I saw how the mind and emotions can be part of my outer self that happens to function within me, but I can compete with overshadow but can compete with overshadowing my inner light self if I am not paying attention. This is the greater clarity I received on my inner process with things to source through my inner light self, especially when dealing with my mind and emotions. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for this. It was so clear and was another step and reference point on the way of making it very simple for me. I have so much love for you and get so much joy from you. Thank you. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. That and really a, is the truth. And a great um, refinement in clarification within ourselves of trusting. Because obviously that's what I was talking about trusting when I talk about intuition and all is really the soul self. But for you to define it more clearly like that with the mind, emotions, imagination, and body is the best thing of all because we do have those other voices inside of us. And it's very important to pay attention to all those voices and realize which one we're following. Because it really is the voice of the soul we want to follow. And how do we know it's the voice of the soul? Meditate. Literally, you're not going to know until you meditate and start waking up to what the soul is or your inner light. Then you'll start to know, and it takes time, and sometimes it's instantaneous and boom, just like that. Like when I had my awakening, the knowing was right there, but I still had to go through all these processes to really understand what that was. And that's true for all of us. That's part of the spiritual journey. But that's what we're here to do. Somebody else mentioned about asking themselves and always wondering, what's my purpose? Well, all of us have the same purpose. And that's really to wake up and discover the truth of who we are. And that is the soul and our oneness with God. We all have the same purpose. Our journeys may look different in how that looks we go about doing that. But we all have the same journey and the same purpose. But that's where it gets confusing. But if you can let go of all the other, like you said, the mind, the emotions, body, and really focus on the soul, that's where we'll see the sameness. And in that sameness, that's where you'll see the greater truth that really is God in all of it. This past month, I've found it more and more difficult to stay focused on God. Seems this unfolding is moving so fast, my body and spirit has a difficult time returning to peace. I question myself, are you kidding? Look what's going on around you. I'm wanting someone to give me a pat on the back and say, good job, you're on the right track. God first and God only. Even in my meditation, I feel a deep unfolding, I'm sorry, a deep undoing, unpleasant feeling, like cleaning out more junk from many lifetimes. I want to make a difference in the world now, in the world now, be a part of the change. Is chanting the name of God during the day and meditation doing that? Or is my ego asking for recognition? Well, there's no or. (laughs) If you chant during the day, it's definitely doing that. 
I mean, if you're doing out loud out in the public, yeah, maybe that's your ego asking for recognition. But no, do it silently inside, then nobody really knows. But really, the meditation or chanting in the sacred name is to be done anytime and as much as possible. Even when you're going about the day. I do it a lot when I'm driving the car. I'll be chanting the name. So you really want to do everything you can to really, in a sense, spiritualize your whole consciousness and chanting the sacred name is the way to do that. There's no more direct way than chanting the sacred name. That's really it. And then it's just being patient to let that frequency of loving in the sacred name transform your consciousness. And that is the greatest service you can do not only for yourself, but for the world at large and every soul here. There is no greater service than doing the meditation. Really, it's the greatest service you can do. And it's so funny because it's an unseen service. Nobody knows when you're chanting. Nobody knows what you're doing inside. But you do. And you can't get recognition for that. And you can tell people what you're doing and try to. But go ahead and try that. People will just look at you funny or you'll find yourself in um, competitions and comparisons of trying to be who's the more spiritual person. That's no fun either. There's a lot of that out there. But if you have, want to have fun, go to like a psychic fair, you know, one of those big things in L.A. or Austin and try to be the spiritual one promoting yourself. You'll see some ego stuff there. No. <laughs> and you'll see a lot, a whole lot of crazy too. <laughs> I say that not just trying to be funny. I've gone and done those things. <laughs> That's how I know it. I've gone to those things. Go there. Have your experience so you really know and understand. And if you do it enough, you'll start to understand and really appreciate what we're doing here because here you'll realize there's a real peace and loving all those other things, I hate to say, there's a lot of competition, a lot of comparisons, a lot of judgments. Our way's better than yours. Ours is the best. Ours is the right way. Yours is the wrong. Blah, 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 blah. Go ahead, have those experiences. I did. That's why I'm not doing it anymore because I did it to find out. I'm like, that's all right. I'm happy to stay here in this nice bubble of God's love. <laughs> but how will you know unless you go and check things out? That's why we don't say ours is the only way and only do us. We're saying go have your experience so you'll find out for yourself if this way of what we're doing really fits and works for you better than anything else. That's your job to discover for yourself. That's what I did and this is what I discovered and why in 31 years it hasn't changed. I found myself reflecting a great deal after the discussion yesterday about patterns that we identify in our lives that cause us distress and pain. I tend to get frustrated when I identify them and can't get rid of them. In the world in addressing problems, it is common to consider what you can do about it. The understanding I'm coming to is that a pattern is an unlearned lesson and the doing is to accept the pattern, forgive myself for being in the pattern, and sending loving to the pattern. Not love to the pattern itself, but loving the lesson it, lesson it represents. The other action is to meditate. 
Give the pattern up to God, acknowledging that I, that I cannot make it go away. As steps are revealed to me, I take them, knowing that the pattern may not go away quickly or possibly never go away. In sending energy to make it go away, I can actually intensify its hold on me. And the true acceptance is not to battle the pattern. Am I on the right track in understanding what you are saying? I would say, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You keep doing that and your meditation, you know, it's just a matter of time for it to unfold. You know, one of the things I've learned um, in doing the LAF process, sometimes our mind can get engaged and try to control it without us even realizing it. And that's why it's important to do the meditation as well, or really first and foremost, because we can do all the LAF we want, but until we go into the meditation, it may not give us the full effect that we want out of it. Because, well, one, without the meditation, we need that empowerment from the Holy Spirit through the grace to clear it. But number two, when we go into meditation, truly in the sacred name, focusing up to God, we ourselves mm -hmm. are then lifting ourselves out of it all. That's how really things get resolved. We don't sit here and resolve it here. We lift up out of it and rise above it, and it gets resolved. How? Because when we're caught up in it, we're in the frequency holding ourselves. When we do the LAF, it helps us to open doors in our consciousness. But once those doors are open, we've got to now lift up to the higher frequency of loving so the loving can come in and dissolve all that. If we don't lift up through the meditation, the loving can't come in and dissolve all those things. We may get greater understanding intellectually of what all of our problems are, but that doesn't bring a resolution or resolve the problems. It is only through the meditation and lifting through the meditation, lifting up and rising above all the problems do they actually get results. And that is so important to understand and that's why we teach both. We don't do one or the other, we do both for that reason. We've got to do the meditation to lift to that higher frequency of loving. And it's truly only God's grace that's going to resolve it all. So we've got to move into God's grace. We can sit here and do a mental exercise with it all. It's not going to do any good until we do the meditation and lift up above it all. That's why even in the LAF process, we do even the meditations like we do even in the end of the LAF workbook, that guided meditation, because that's what we're attempting to do is rise up and open the doors to let the grace in to dissolve it, and in the dissolution of it, any uh, um, next steps or actions we can do, they'll, they'll just show up. Because once the lesson's really learned, there's nothing to do but to move forward and do something different. And we won't do something different until we really do start to find resolution with what's current. That's why you can't avoid it. You've got to work with what's present in the here and now and allow the loving into yourself and allow the loving to lift you above it and allow the loving to resolve it and dissolve it for you. But that is totally based on the actions you take. I sometimes see a caricature color in meditation. No. Character. Character color? 
chartreuse color. Oh, chartreuse. 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 Okay. <laughs> At times rimmed by the blue color or separate. What is the meaning of this color? Blue? What was that? <laughs> chartreuse. Oh, chartreuse. I'm sorry. I got caught Ta up in the details. It's the char... I've never heard that word before. Chartreuse. Okay, it's that color, and at times it's rimmed by a blue color or separate color. What is the meaning of this color? Chartreuse. I would almost have to look up chartreuse again because I'm not sure. Yeah. Is it kind of a, I think it's a kind of a green yellow, but I'm not I'm positive. I'm not even sure. I don't know myself. Do you know? <laughs> That's funny. I'm looking up on my phone. But are you looking off. it up, Kelsey? Yeah. Oh, good. good. Kel Kelsey's going to look it up so we can. <laughs> We're doing some worldly well, stuff for a moment. I'll, I'll say this while Kelsey's looking it up. As I was describing earlier, the different colors are frequency of the Holy Spirit as it comes out of the realms of spirit. In spirit, it's all white light. Just like when we learned in school, the prism, you let the white light coming from the sun hit the prism, and then it breaks down and you get the rainbow. That comes out of the white light. So no matter what the color, there's a spectrum of colors. And wherever chartreuse falls in that spectrum gives you an idea of where the frequency is and where the lesson is. <clears throat> so just like when it comes down out of the spirit, it goes to the violets and then indigo and blue and green and yellow and orange and red. Wherever chartreuse falls in that spectrum is the frequency that you're working with whatever um, your lessons are. So in other words, if we break it down, with, we, have the, we have the violet, the indigo, the blue, the green, the yellow, the orange, the red. Okay, so each of those chakras through the prism of the rainbow is letting us know the frequency and what it is we're working with with whatever lessons. Whoever where chartreuse falls on that is letting us know that frequency in which the lessons we're working with. So did you find it? Uh, is it like a blue-green? It's a color that floats between yellow and green. Yeah, that's what I okay. thought. Then. A shade worth knowing. Yeah. So uh, the blue surrounding it <coughs> is the really the, the color of the soul <coughs> and, and at this level in the physical world. <coughs> Excuse me. And the yellow-green is having to do with uh, your heart, with your loving uh, at the heart level, but it also has to do with healing and balance. So it may be it's about balance and healing in you that you're working on. And the yellow is the empowerment from the um, uh, more of the emotional nature. So I think it's working on your emotions, working on balance, working on loving self at those levels of the physical. And the blue around it is that which is the soul essence trying to assist you in doing that and bringing it into balance and understanding. Yeah. Okay. That's very good. I'm sharing my meditation from this morning because I know you would like to hear about our growth and to show that the teachings during the last few days 
can through maybe came through me on a personal spiritual level so I got a higher knowing I'm not asking for validation but please make comments if you'd like based on the teaching from the last few days I started my meditation working on forgiveness mainly forgiving myself for all those things that I have done in my life that I regret this part this part had an inner focus inner forgiveness the message I received was what is the purpose of holding on to all those regrets everyone you have harmed has moved on or learned from your transgression you can't help it if they're hanging on to it mm -hmm. you have learned from it yes for give I asked why I'm resisting moving higher and then let and then let that go and asked for my next teaching that would move me higher the answer to move higher prepare to be your own spiritual teacher to learn how to be your own way shower live your own truth don't hide it don't spend your time on things that don't serve you or let you live in your own truth then Stephen and two and the two of you appeared rejoicing you all were clapping and laughing I was overflowing with loving crying part two I was surrounded by white light sitting in the middle of the light then I was surrounded by spiritual teachers who were in the white light with me some of the teachers I knew and others I did not know loving was flowing out of each teacher and penetrating my entire being I filled up with all the loving the teacher stepped away and the loving poured out of me flowing outward penetrating everything everywhere flowing into everything on every level I had a total awareness and knowing what it meant when teachers say God if God is everywhere and God is in everything my loving was flowing everywhere and into everything I went for a walk at noon the loving was flowing everywhere into everything every person I saw every rock the squirrels the trees etc that's it well I would say that if anything you're beginning to open up to more of the spiritual pathway and walking that rather than staying caught up in the world and letting that hold you down or pull you back down. So that's good because you're really focusing and moving in the right direction now. And just like that statement said, ultimately, like I've always said, you've got to be your own savior. And the way you become your own savior is you do the meditation, you do the inner work, <clears throat> you do the LAF, and you will free yourself through those actions. And we all individually have to do that for ourselves. No one can do it for you. Not even the spiritual teacher. The spiritual teacher is the way shower. The spiritual teacher is here to give you direction, to give you understanding, to give you clarity. But ultimately, you're the one who has to do the work. And that's what you're hearing. That's what you're beginning to do. And you're going to see a lot of change very quickly. <clears throat> Dream experience. 
I woke and saw a rounded old wooden birdcage next to my bed. The image was there for a while, even after I became physically awake. I put my hand up through the bottom where there was no bottom. After 10 to 15 seconds, it disappeared. I don't remember order. I was physically awake around midnight and couldn't go back to sleep. My physical body started going through all these old physical pains like cramps when I was a young girl or old neck pain. I felt like I was aware of the process on multiple levels. It felt like I was up for hours in pain, waves moving through. I kept giving it up to God, forgiving it, loving it. Moments felt like it wouldn't end and fear just kept and fear just kept giving it up to God chanting forgiveness I have a surgery in a week that I have so much excitement about all the karmic completion and freedom and newness coming forward I've been sharing enthusiastic gratitude with God for the grace being extended and my willingness to let go of so much so easily with the best surgeon available I wonder if this experience was an awareness of the process with the surgery and the old moving, moving through. I have heard that as we complete things, we go back through on the release. Is this accurate? Much loving to you both. Well, it's different for everyone, but apparently you are going through it again to really look at it one more time and to let it go. And oftentimes I found for myself, there are layers or levels to an action like this. The situation didn't just happen once and then we lived with the, the pain of that forever. It's happening over and over and over because we keep replaying it. And so now there's another layer to forgive and another layer to forgive and another layer to forgive and let go of. So. Uh, it, it is in layers, and this is probably maybe the top layer or the la one of the last layers. And then the surgery will help to remove a lot of the vibration that, that uh, will clear it. That's often the case. I mean, that's a good example of, of that showing up and, you know, on its way out to release. Yeah. And if anything, the enthusiasm around the surgery and all is a nice signpost saying, that's you know moving in the right direction with all that so completions so this is very bold <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your sharings and all that you be and do for us all so grateful to be part of this community of ILM I wanted to know in the letting go process as I am in one that you spoke of that is in the that is in their process of another breakthrough and anchoring in where I'm at this is what comes up for me everything is right now as above so below focus on loving focus on this truth let this be enough anchoring this all is well I am fulfilled by the loving truth of who I am. Just be me, knowing that right now is enough. Let it be so. 
I am anchoring this now, letting go, letting go, letting go. Jim, Brian, Kelsey, ILM community, thank you for your example in my life. That's great. That's a great affirmation, a great movement forward. <clears throat> and it really does take repetition. Saying it over and over and over helps release a lot of old debris that's been hanging on. And saying it over and over and over allows us to lift up into something new and, and more dynamic. So that's good. Pretty nice. That was the last question sharing so oh, far. Very good. <laughs> well, I have to say, excellent, excellent sharings and questions. And more and more, I'm just beginning to realize how much everybody is starting to really live this pathway in a very dynamic, real, and true way. And I'm so grateful for that. So thank you very much for all of that that you're sharing and asking because it's revealing to me that all this work that I've done and Brian's doing over the years, I mean, I've been doing this for so long, and now I'm beginning to really witness people waking up and becoming soul liberated. And I am joyful. I am just so joyful. So is Alma. <laughs> it's, it's fun for us because over here, um, Kelsey's cat, Alma, she was at the door just scratching to get in. <laughs> Usually she'll meow and say hi, but I guess not at the moment. See, it's all done because she wanted to. She wanted to come in and share too. <laughs> <laughs> Be part of it all. So, well, wow. I mean, it's just I really thoroughly enjoy doing all this, and those were really nice sharings and questions. Just like Jim was saying, it's it's just awesome to see over because it has been years. I mean, it's just awesome to hear a lot of the experiences and the continuing, you know. Uh, growth through all that and the journey of the soul and and people sharing that and it's just nice um, you know the people that have really stuck around long enough to get those results and really do the work and do the meditation and to see and hear all that it's just nice to be part of all that to see the least and this is where it never gets old it's just like even though a lot of us have been around along and maybe even we share a lot of the same things sometimes that we still see the, the progress, the growth, the freedom unfolding in ourselves and the people around us and all that, no matter how challenging it's been at times, how many complaints we've had or get tired of stuff, yet we keep you know progressing forward and sooner or later we really do see a shift and a freedom and a letting go and, and a new beginning. And I know it's strange at times because doing the spiritual work in the physical world is very different because in this world, we're so trained to just look for physical results. So to really start understanding or being more aware of spiritual results or spiritual awareness or awakening really would be a better way to put it rather than results is because results really deal more with this creation. In spirit, there's not about results. It's just about awareness and movement and loving and creativity so but on this level to see the shifts in oneself and others um, it gives us kind of that measuring stick to see 
really how much we are awakening to that greater loving in the awareness of that within ourselves and others and what comes with that and how it does even affect the physical part of our consciousness um, in those regards. Because that's what a lot of us look for or use as a measuring stick or a guidepost in that way to see if it's really working for us spiritually. We usually use some kind of physical you know, measuring stick, even though we don't recommend that. I say if you're gonna if you're gonna use something to measure your progress, I wouldn't use it as a measure. I call them signposts. And a signpost is are you aware of being more loving? Are you aware of more peace? Are you aware of more joy? There's certain characteristics of spirit that as you experience more of those those are really the signposts to let you know you're really doing and living spiritually more so. And if you have less of those than more of the things that would define characteristics in the world, that's just letting you know where you're more caught up in the world. So I would say to look at those, the spiritual characteristics and the material characteristics, and let, let those really be your guideposts to know, you know how it's unfolding for you. So there she is. Meow. <laughs> we love it. I'm as a talker. I like talking her language. Yes. Hello, kitty cat. <laughs> Kelsey's embarrassed. I'm a, hey, come here. Come on. Do you want to say hi to everybody? Come on. Yep. Here she comes. Come on. Hello. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice, not an interruption and a, a participation but that's that's really the case in all of this is that we want to you know begin to really look at things from a spiritual perspective rather than more than how we've really done it for more of that psychological or physical level in that regard oh <laughs> there she goes <laughs> so she wants food uh, yeah, probably just like a few people online, right? <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody can hear her online because I know our microphones don't pick up a lot. Hopefully you heard Amma meow. That was cute. So, oh, she's back outside on the patio. So. <laughs> we have our distractions too. <laughs> I know. It's funny. Well, what a wonderful distraction if we're complete. If there's no more questions or anything coming in, that's great. Yeah. I mean, well, thank you all very much earlier. again. I just so appreciate everything. I, I'm so glad you all are attending and participating in such a wonderful way. Yeah, so uh, with, oh, here comes one. <laughs> we'll do one more. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I've had a recent period where I have felt like I haven't been on the path because of the time some additional responsibilities have taken away from my meditation. Then when some pressures built up and caused me several crying spells, I realized that all these years I thought I had risen above my emotions, but now I see that I had just locked them down and felt suddenly 
felt so much freedom. Now I don't feel like I'm being run by my emotions, but the knot that tied them up has been undone. Since then, I have had the new experience of being brought to tears with the joy I have encountered the river of loving. Mm. I realized the fallacy of my thinking in the past that I was evolved because I wasn't so emotional. The question that brings me to is, the question that brings me to is, okay, is the path straight and always increasing in the same rate or are there natural ups and downs on the path? Does God guide us to backtrack sometimes in order to be able to unload attachments so that we can move so that we can go even further i'm eternally grateful for all you do well you put it very clearly and truly it is you know they say uh, two steps forward one step back and oftentimes we have to take that step back and really evaluate where we're at and what what's in that moment and then deal with it, let go of it, forgive it, love it, and move on. And so it is true, I mean, the path is straight and narrow. It does get wider and wider though for you as you do the meditation long enough over the time to where you really are walking on a much wider path. It feels wider anyway. But it does have its up and downs, and it does have that sense of taking a step back but that step back is to look and evaluate and see where I'm at and not miss anything and be sure to take care of all that needs to be taken care of. So that's a very good uh, awareness on your part. And I'm really glad <clears throat> you acknowledged and discovered um, as far as with the emotions because unfortunately most of us will do that because it's so uncomfortable we'll avoid it, thinking that we've transcended it. The truth is, as long as we're in a body, we're going to always have to deal with these things. We're not trying to avoid or get rid of any of these, you know, emotions or uncomfortable feelings or experiences. What we're trying to do is just expand our loving in and through all of it. And that's really it. When you can expand the loving through everything, it'll handle everything. And in that, it does lift us above. So another way instead of looking at it as a lifting above, even though we talk that way a lot, and that is true, that we don't want you to use any of this now to trick yourself to use as an excuse to avoid things. So I'm glad to hear you acknowledge now working with the emotions. But look at it as an expansion of just you, the soul, right here is like a sphere of light and just see it expanding and encompassing and embracing all of you and beyond. That way it's not a lifting above or being below or anything. It's just an expansion of your loving. If you look at it that way, there's no ups and downs. The ups and downs are just we're up when we're all happy and in a good place and we're down, you know, when we're disturbed or whatever. And that's part of the mind and the emotions here. But that doesn't affect the soul. The soul is just loving, always loving. So the more we can just see that loving now expanding into all the parts of us that go up and down, that loving, will, as it fills it, will just neutralize it all. 
And that's what we really want, is an expansion of loving so eventually everything is just neutralized and it's all transformed into loving. Because if you look at trying to just rise above things, then you're trying to escape something rather than deal with it. The truth is we do rise above it, but we don't want you to look at this as an escape mechanism, even though it is, we're escaping all this creation, but the escape is really done by loving it all, letting the loving in to transform it, not by um, avoiding it. And that's the biggest key. There's no way to escape it. We have to come into it and let loving transform it. And that's exactly what I hear you saying, that now you're allowing yourself to experience now whatever those emotions were and are, and now just move into acceptance and let the loving now into those areas. And you'll see that transformation. And yes, it is a straight, narrow pathway, but most of the time in the journey through that, it's going to be very windy and we'll find ourselves all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like the... um, Kind of like the labyrinth again, but um, the tour, like in England, mm-hmm. it's like you've got a labyrinth that goes up a hill. So you can spiral up the hill or there's one straight path up the hill, but they both lead to the top of the hill. And sometimes we'll take the straight path up or we'll just go part of the way and then we'll go on the labyrinth around the hill. And then at sometimes we might get back on and go back up now another level, and we'll, we'll do that. And that's why it'll seem like, is this a straight and narrow? Is it all over the place? I'm confused. I'm going in circles. Because it's kind of all of it, to be honest with you. But if you can just see, like I was saying now, as that sphere of light and just let the sphere of light just grow to encompass the whole hill, that's where you're going to be best off. And, that, and really, that's what takes place anyway. And in that all taking place, that's also where your soul does transcend and rise above it all it's all one and the same it's odd to try to explain we explain it in different ways because it's all true but the words always will fall short that's why i try to say let my words be descriptive don't let my words be truth themselves let them be descriptive of the action that is taking place here and don't think just because we shared something one way that it doesn't happen any other way because it happens all kinds of ways. No. And unfortunately, people get locked on on one thing we say, and then they'll get confused because they well, but then you said this, and then you said this, and then you said that. <laughs> yeah, because we've got to give examples in many different ways because each of us perceives in many different ways. So we've got to talk to each different way people perceive so that it will assist them in their journey in that expansion of loving and liberation. And I know that can cause confusion for some people, but please look at it as an expansive process instead, and then it'll serve you more and better. And everything we share is not necessarily for you or the way it works for you, but it is for somebody else. So just be open to that and flexible and use what works for you and let go of the rest. Then we're in good territory. Oh, now two more questions have come in. Okay. <laughs> Just like we are all ready to finish up and now we're going to continue. That's all right because we have the time. And I'm just taken care of now. She's quiet. She came in and got to do her sharing and her voice and now she's back outside. <laughs> that was perfect timing actually with her. Hi, Jim and Brian. Hi. 
Last night I've dreamt that I was doing a fashion makeover to a poor woman. I've dressed her in clothes and I wouldn't choose I dressed her in clothes that I wouldn't choose myself, but in the dream they were beautiful. They were white and had white feathers and white sequins, a bit childish. Hey, there's one experience of the life or spiritual makeover that I talked about. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) Not sure if there's something there, but it was great to hear about the life makeover today. (laughs) I've been in PTSD mode for the last month, and I go into depression when I feel that my life will be like this forever. Exactly how Jim shared today. My fear is that I will not be able to change it and I will kill myself. I am doing many things in the outer to get well. Jim suggested to me that I forgive so I can move forward and be free of my depression. In another dream lately, I was with an ex-boyfriend. He was going to give a show in the planetarium of my city and I heard, forgive him. I stood up to him while he was on stage and I said, I forgive you. But nothing moved for me. The energy didn't move. I don't know how to forgive. I will start my new routine of meditation of two and a half hours a day because I see no way out from the fear in my mind most of the time. I can't live like this. I can't nor don't know how to love myself, and I go into self-abuse constantly. I want to live in peace, in loving. If there is anything there for me, if there's anything there for me, or just meditate is the key. Is there anything there for me, or just meditate is the key? Thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say because I know who's writing. Um, it's nice when it's anonymous in a way. It's just more enjoyable in a, in a sense it's kind of fun but I'm going to speak very specifically because I know who it is so the key is and this is true for everybody so it's not just for you it's true for everybody but this makes a very good point of what I want to say the meditation is the key period that's it and yes I will say more But I want that to be loud and clear. The meditation is the key and truly the only way to get liberated. You can go around and do a million different therapies and all kinds of stuff. And that's true for all of us. Until we do the meditation, we ain't going to transcend it. It's got to come down to that. And... It's just a matter of taking the discipline we know, because I know who's writing this. You can be very disciplined. You've demonstrated it with all the activities you've done in the past. You know what it's like to have a training routine. Look at the meditation as now your training routine for your spiritual exercises and surfing your way home to God. Really, at some point, you're going to have to surrender. And in this case, because of the struggles you go through, let the power in that struggle you have start to work for you. But the only way that power in the struggle is going to work for you is if you take control 
and direct that into your meditation and make yourself do the meditation no matter what. And I really mean that. No matter what, make yourself do the meditation. Because this is about you empowering yourself. And I'm, I usually say let go of your control. Well, there's other times, like I'm saying now, you've got to take control because you've given your power and your control over to these other elements. But that power is you and is inside of you. So take control of the power. How strong that disturbance is inside of you lets you know how strong that power of loving is that you can utilize for your betterment. And that's all you have to do. But you've got to make a real commitment. You just haven't made a real commitment yet because you don't want to let go of all this other stuff. That's why the forgiveness didn't work for you because you did not really want to let it go. But if you can take that same type of energy that you've put in these other things and now direct it into your meditation and make your meditation now your training, your goal, your competition, your place of victory to succeed in life, then it'll really work for you and you will get the benefit out of all this. But you've got to take control and make it work by you making yourself do it. And you know you can. We all know you can because we've seen the level of what you've been able to do in your other endeavors. Now just do the same in meditation. And yes, do the other stuff. Keep practicing LAF. Do that. But like I said earlier, until you really do the meditation, you ain't going to be able to lift up high enough even in doing the LAF to truly get free and liberated of all the things you're trying to get free and liberated from. There's a lot of energy there. Let Take control now and work it so it supports you and direct that into your meditation. And no matter how uncomfortable and you get in meditation, keep staying in meditation and keep directing it up to God. Up to God. It's what you've got to do. I know Jim shares earlier and did about you are your own savior, and that's true, but you've also got to understand, even this person who shared their inner experience about they're their own spiritual teacher and this and that, yes, and no, okay? The no part is because you've got to develop a relationship with God. It is not just you. That's right. And the way Jim described it, I hope, this is why I'm saying this, because you've got to do what Jim just said to fully empower yourself. What Jim shared is totally empowering you as a soul. But now you as a soul that is so empowered where you have saved yourself, like Jim said, have got to direct that energy into your relationship with God. That is done through the meditation where you've got to love God with all that and you've got to let God love and be part of it with you. It's got to be the two of you together so you become one. If you try to do this yourself and think you're your own teacher, you're, you're going to... You know, but look at even the person who shared that. Look at their experience. Whoa, what were all those spiritual teachers there with them? That tells you right there in your own experience. 
It's the spiritual teachers with you that are the representatives of the Holy Spirit, letting you know the Holy Spirit is with you. And how do you think you became your own teacher and saved yourself? Because of the grace of God working through the spiritual teacher with you is how you did it. And if you don't acknowledge that and claim that and surrender to it, good luck. Because that's what everybody is doing in this world, is trying to do that themselves and be their own way sure, their own savior. And it's their egos parading around. That's not how this works, and it never will. The ego is of this world. It'll never liberate you. It'll never save you. That's why it has always been taught you've got to completely surrender to God. And in the way this action works, God has set it up where you've got a spiritual teacher to do that with. That form of the spiritual teacher here is the vehicle for that Holy Spirit, which is God working directly with you, the soul. So you've got to see the spiritual teacher, the form here, as that action for you to participate with, to develop that relationship with God and do the work. That's why we say you've got to do the work. We give you all the tools and say you've got to do it. But you've got to do it with us. You're not on your own. You've got to do this with us. That's why we're sharing this. You've got, you do your part with everything we're sharing. That is you doing it with us. And the us is the spiritual teachers, not us personally. But you're not going to understand until you do the work and have the experience. Like you heard today, several people shared about inner experiences with spiritual teachers in the river of loving. That's the truth. But you're not going to know that truth unless you really start doing the practice as a spiritual disciple. It is required. There's no choice in that matter. The only choice is, when are you going to do it? But I would like to say, go do everything else. Go do all the other whatever pathways and stuff out there, and you're going to find until you really do the work, you ain't going to get the results. But that work is not you doing it on your own. That is you doing it with God. And we're here in this world as a representative to give you a place to be able to put this into practice so you can develop that inner relationship with God. It's not developing an outer relationship with us. It's about taking this, we share in the outer, now taking it and bringing it in and developing that inner relationship with God. But that can only happen you doing your part. That's why I hope you hear that when Jim shares about being your own savior. I do, but I know a lot of people misunderstand that and think it's just them. And they, they take it and twist the information. That's why I try to clarify a lot of what Jim shares because I've heard many people now do an ego trip. You've got to do what Jim did fully because we know other people who won't do any of the work and then they're the victim and they expect God to do it all for them. So Jim, I hear share this to empower the people who aren't doing the work so they do the work. But then I see the other <laughs> end of the spectrum where then people do an ego trip and take and say, well, I'm my own savior. I know somebody who left the pathway because they heard Jim share what he just said. He said, oh, Jim told me I'm my own savior, my own whatever. So I don't need a spiritual teacher. I don't need to do anything. I can do it all myself. Well, then what's, a God, what's God for? Seriously, if you don't believe in God, doesn't matter. Where did you come from? How are you alive? How are you <laughs> conscious? 
Did you just come out of thin air? Well, where are you going to go afterwards then? That's the reality we're dealing with here and why I'm all fired up. Because we have got <laughs> to face that reality eventually if we're really going to wake up and know the truth of who we are, we have to face that reality. So the question is, when are we going to? That's all the freedom of choice is. We have freedom of choice to do anything and everything we want for billions of years, and most of us already have been. But there'll be a day when we have explored this whole creation through those billions of years and said, God, there's nothing left. I'm bored tired of this place, had enough, then we will face the reality of what God is and who we really are, where did we really come from, because eventually we realize, wow, I don't die. I have different bodies that are alive and dead, but I don't die. Go watch the movie Groundhog Day. That's a good one. No matter what he does, he can't die. <laughs> And that's how the soul is. Life after life. It cannot die. It can change bodies, but it will not die. So the day we are ready to face the reality of life itself and then do something with that called doing this meditation and developing a discipline. Take all of your disappointment, all of your hurt, all of your pain, all of your anger, and put it into your meditation and chanting the sacred name and yelling at God. And that's how you're going to start to get home. Because all of that pain and anger, believe it or not, I don't care if you believe it or not, is actually supporting you. All that power and energy wrapped in there is just supporting you to wherever you want to direct it. If you want to direct it into depression, you can. You've got the choice to do that. If you want to direct it into loving, you can. You've got the choice to do that. So make that choice, because I know you've been struggling for many years. Make that choice now to really start directing it to God. Isn't that why you moved to Austin? It wasn't just to be around us physically. Maybe you thought it was. It's really because you wanted to get closer to God and what that represented physically. That's what you really want. So now start to do it. Don't worry. We're going to love you anyway. You know that. You know how much we love you. It doesn't matter to us how depressed you get, how angry you get, how whatever. It doesn't matter to us. We love you anyway. And that's true for all of you. But we're not going to hold back like I'm not now and be very honest what it is, what it means, what it represents, what it takes to really do this and to really wake up because that's what we're here for. That is what ILM is about and everybody in ILM, that's what we're all about and what we're here to do with you, to do for you when we need to, and eventually to support you doing for yourself because that's ultimately what you need to do, but not for yourself as an in yourself, but you have to do yourself with God, which is with us spiritually, for real, and physically in some instances, but truly spiritually. And the one thing I would say is do forgiveness, but do it with yourself. I keep emphasizing this over and over. 99% 
of forgiveness action is with yourself. And then you'll find that everything else is resolved or you can forgive the tidbits that still remain. But do it with yourself because that is the key. That's where the problem is. That's where everybody is holding on to their process. And they hold on to it for dear life because they think it's so important and they think it's so meaningful. And it really isn't. But we've made it that way. And then we go out and forgive others. But until we forgive ourselves, there's no energy flow of forgiveness at a deeper level that needs to be done. So forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for holding on to the past. Forgive yourself for holding on to people. Forgive yourself for your judgments of yourself. Forgive yourself for the judgments of others. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Forgive yourself for taking on the identity that other people have put on you. They've named you this. They've named you that. Forgive them for that, but also forgive yourself for taking it on. If you don't forgive yourself for taking it on, you can't release it and give it up in forgiveness with them. So I, I hope that clarifies it. Um, I, I don't know how to say it any better than that. Do you? No, so I you're don't. being serious? <laughs> no, that's what I already did. Okay. So <laughs> just make it a point to forgive yourself at everything you do, everything you feel, everything you think. Forgive yourself if these things are not working for you and let them go. I forgive you. <laughs> he, what? He's myself. <laughs> I forgive you. Okay. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brian, when you were just talking, you I, I don't remember exactly what you said, but it reminded me of an experience I had in meditation today. I don't know where I was. I was just very aware. I heard this very small voice, and I knew it was the voice of God, and it said, breathe. And when, it, when I heard breathe, I felt the life come into my body. And then I came out of the experience. And you had spoken earlier, you know, the Holy Spirit is like heir to the soul as the breath is for the body. Is that what you said? Mm, that's right, yeah. Um, so m my awareness was, or I guess my question is, I'm going to ask a question. The what, what was God saying to me? Like the, the breath, not physically the breath, but the breath, I felt like, God was breathing life into me. Yes. So well, we have to be receptive breathe, to it. Exactly. I was just going to say that. So when we hear directly from God, breathe, that's meaning we've got to take in the breath of life. He was telling you to breathe. So that means take it in. Because you're always going, going, going for God, but what do you receive God? We've got to do both, giving and receiving, giving and receiving. And a lot of times we won't receive for numerous reasons, feeling unworthy, feeling we're not good enough, whatever self-judgments we have, that's literally the things that close the door where we don't allow ourselves to receive. Doesn't even matter. It could be whatever reason it is. 
That's what forgiveness is for. Forgiveness is to forgive ourselves for no matter what it is where we've closed the door to God to get that door back open. And as soon as we do, then we've got to now invite it in because we can open the door, but God ain't going to just come in until God's invited and asked. So breathing means that's a way of inviting God in and asking without even using words. It is through our actions. You know, actions speak louder than words. It is through our actions. Words just help direct our actions. Just like I said, let my words be descriptive for you to take action with. It's the actions that's most important. The breath of life is literally the life God gives to the soul and all of God's creation. But what's happened is we as a soul has come into the physical creation. We've taken on these other bodies or vehicles that has encapsulated the soul and have closed doors so that we can't breathe. Our, well, then how do we exist? Well, we are breathing an element of God, but it, it's a filtered down reflective element of God, not the pure air. It's like if we lived in this house totally shut off with fake air being produced going through the AC system and never breathing or being outdoors, where the real breath of life is outdoors, and in here it's an artificial one. That's what this world's like. It's an artificial. It's not the real. So we've got to breathe the real, which is the Holy Spirit, not the reflection of the Holy Spirit the actual Holy Spirit, and only the soul can do that. And that's what we're doing in meditation. In meditation, we're opening up to breathe the true breath of life. And the LAF work is what helps us to open the doors back up inside of us so we can now receive and breathe it. And then when we can receive and breathe it, we're also able to give it. You can't give real loving acceptance and forgiveness until you receive it. That's why it always starts with yourself and you give up the overflow. That's what that's all about. You can't really love somebody until you really love yourself. All the others just a charade and based upon mental, emotional needs. That's not love. That's a neediness. That's magnetic polarity. That's what we do here. When we live the soul, we have to truly breathe in and live the soul that is loving, and then we truly have loving to share. That's why this pathway, we always talk about yourself. It seems like a selfish path because it is. Until you fulfill yourself and live the soul fully, then the overflow, now loving can spill out and share with other people. Otherwise, it's based on neediness, a want, a desire, take. It's not a real free sharing of things. Maybe that's more than what you asked, but... Does that answer it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to breathe God in. It's time for me to receive is what I heard out of all that. That's right. Yeah. No, thank you. I, I, I guess I want to say when somebody, anybody asks a question, I like to share specifically for that person and expand on it for other people so that other people can get more the greater of it since we're doing this as kind of a group that way we all get the benefit so yeah the simple answer was just receive but all the other was for everybody else that was great thank you <laughs> all right last question that's written in 
the concept of the Trinity as represented in the Christian world is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is the creative part of God, what is the Father and Son? The Father is the one who is. And everything from there is of God. So God is the beginning. God is the all. The beginning and the end, if you will. And the Son is is a dynamic movement of loving that is God in manifestation, God in movement. And the Holy Spirit is the creative arm of God. So you have God, the Father of all. You have God, the, the Son of all, which is loving. And you have God, the Holy Spirit, the creator of the all. Beautiful. Yeah, that's a hard day. I know. Wow. <laughs> it's good because it's you, so funny. You know, the, the thing I would say is go into God. Go into the loving, and then it will clarify itself. And you'll understand there is no separation. It's all one. But the mind of man has created separation. Even the Holy Spirit, even though it's, a, it's named as a separate part of God, in truth, it's all God in manifestation. It's all God in movement. And you can't separate one from the other. You can't separate the Father from the Son, the Son from the Holy Spirit. It's all one and the same movement, the one and the same purpose. But we at this level create separation for everything. That's what scientists are doing today. They're tearing things apart to find the minuscule. And really it's not until they put it all back together again that they'll understand it fully. like it. Let's say... God, the creative being, God, the creative expression, and God, the creative (laughs) manifestation. There you go. I mean, it can be spoken of many different ways. So God is the beingness of God. God's expression is the Holy Spirit. And God's manifestation through the creativity of his expression is the soul. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Just another way of saying it. Good luck. <laughs> it's beautiful. I know. That's, well, it's yeah, beautiful. again, it's, it's descriptive it's, words. But. It's, it's, it gets confusing in the mind. The mind confuses it all because it's immediately putting separation and then who's who and what's what and who's ahead of the, the other and just so much. And it's all one. It's God. Yeah, I can handle that. (laughs) The one. (laughs) All right, and the final thought for today. Someone wrote in, thank you for today. Loving that meditation is the key to getting closer to God. Very good. Yes, thank you. And it's even more than closer. Meditation is the way to moving into oneness with God. For sure. Another sharing of loving, stillness. My beloveds, be still and know that I am. We hear talk about meditation all the time, but not much about stillness. Even though there is no difference from my perspective, would you please talk about the difference? My deepest gratitude, love, lots of love and light. 
again, there's no way to really separate it. It's just words. And it all is pointing back to one place. So there's no way to say stillness is this and this is this. It's it's all one. When you go inside and meditate, you find the stillness, you find the peace, you find the joy, you find the quiet. There's no way to say, though, that it's not all one. It's just different ways we perceive it in the moment. You know, I always share stillness because inside of me, I've always learned I have to become still to let go of all the other busyness and distractions to come to the one-pointed focus in the soul. And then in that one-pointed focus in my soul, then in that now my soul or spiritual perception opens up that I can be aware of the flow of the Holy Spirit. And I have to become very still in that. And then in that movement, I feel a complete stillness, but at the same time, there's a movement. You ever notice if you see that purple light in meditation, is it ever just still? <laughs> no, it's always moving. So don't confuse stillness with the life of God because it's movement. But we have to come. Look, it's called peace, be still, and know that I am. We've got to come into that one-pointed focus of peace, be still, to get through that little pinpoint, the eye of the needle, to open up into the I am. The I am is not very still. <laughs> it's creativity in its fullness. Creativity is not stillness. It's not stagnant. So I look at stillness as the place we have to come into in order to open up to the I am that is very creative and dynamic, full of movement because it's full of life. So that's I look at. I don't look at stillness and God as the same. I really don't. I look at stillness as what we have to move into to truly wake up into that greater beingness of God that is always in movement and motion. Because that's been my experience. The only time I've been still is when I'm in a place that I can hold and then expand my awareness to observe that greater beingness and the movement of God. Even when I moved into the beingness and beyond God, it was still movement. Loving, there was always this movement, mm -hmm. even when it was beyond creation and beyond experience. Pure beingness. It was alive, pulsing with life. But I had to come into this complete stillness inside of myself in order to move into that. And I would even say, peace be still and know that I am that I am. That I am, that I am. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you all yes. very, very much. This has been wonderful. Again, as we wrap it up again a half an hour later. I like that, though. That was yeah. really nice, that continuation, though. It's a great joy. Really, that was awesome. And thank you. That charged me up. I like it. <laughs> Get enthused, full of energy. 
Because it's great to have that energy and, you know, directed into the loving and spirit like that. That's what really brings life. That's why we call it the power of the name. Yeah. There's a lot of power there in loving. So, Okay, so with that, now we're a little bit after six here. Again, thank you, everybody, for attending. And um, we look forward to seeing you all next month. Yeah, And definitely. as a reminder, again, as Kelsey shared, and we'll go out in the emails. And again, please do start reading your emails. Please, please, please read the emails because we give all the information and anything else you need is on the website. So again, please utilize the website and the emails, really. And also as a reminder, the next class a month from now on the Sunday we do, preceding the afternoon sharing and Q&A that we do here, Kelsey is going to facilitate a morning meditation starting at 9 a.m. Daylight saving time here in Texas, so wherever that is, the time zone you're in is where we'll start. And from 9 a.m. to 11.30, so two and a half hours. If, you want, if you're one who likes to just be part of the group and do that, this is a way to connect into that. And if you're one who has a hard time doing it two and a half hours, hey, a lot of people come to retreat and they say they love it just because it gets them to do the two and a half hour meditation. So we do that as a service to give you an opportunity. If it's harder to do it on your own, maybe you'll do it with the group, which is great, can break through some old barriers and expand in a greater way. And so we're going to start doing that regularly, or Kelsey will, and we'll probably join in knowing us too. Um, <laughs> as far as uh, the monthly Sunday classes we do. So 9 to 11.30, and then an hour and a half break from 11.30 to 1, and at 1 o'clock we'll, we'll go ahead and um, do our regular afternoon like what we just did. So that'll be the, the new addition and expansion um, of our services. <laughs> so cool. Did I cover it? Awesome. All right. Till next time. Over and out. And as Thank a wise teacher has said, be safe and be spiritual. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Must not have been me because I'd say be safe and be stupid. <laughs> oh, that's me. Be stupid, be spiritual. <laughs> really, be, be wise, be safe, and be spiritual. Love you guys. We'll see you later. Good night. <laughs>